0: Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen.
1: And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization, or are looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. Today we're diving into a fascinating topic that's near and dear to the hearts of nonprofit organizations storytelling. We're going to explore with Maria Bryan how the right messaging can play a pivotal role in effectively sharing your vision with donors, fundraisers, and staff.
1: Maria is a nonprofit messaging strategist and trainer. She helps nonprofit leaders tell powerful and impactful stories that do no harm. Maria has over 15 years in marketing communications in the public sector. She has a master's degree in public administration, a bachelor's degree in journalism, and is professionally certified in trauma and resilience. Maria has been featured on The Nonprofit Show, Community Boost Nonprofit Marketing Summit, Network for Good, Candid, We Are for Good, Personify, Driven, and The Storytelling Lab. Maria is a firm believer that storytellers make the world a healthier, safer, cleaner, and happier place. Welcome to the show, Maria. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: We're so glad to have you too. Maria, (laughs) in your past experience in the nonprofit space, what role would you say storytelling plays in creating an emotional connection between
2: nonprofits and their audience? Absolutely. The most crucial, crucial role. I mean, I do think that data has its place when we want people to understand the gravity of issue or or how amazing our impact is, but it's stories that are the connectors for humans. It's what draws empathy. It's what gets people excited um, and motivated. So people are more likely to take you up on your call to action, whether that be to come volunteer or to donate or to partner or even to become a client or beneficiary Join your programs if they have that personal human connection. So, story is absolutely foundational to that.
1: I'm keen to hear your insights on the fundamental elements that weave together to create a truly compelling narrative. Specifically, which key components do you believe hold the power to captivate and engage supporters of nonprofit organizations? So to, to like forge deep connections uh, with their causes, mm. what what causes that?
2: Right. So this is the interesting thing about storytelling is that there are very simple frameworks that you can use to tell a good story, and generally it's that a story has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and someone whose life has been transformed through that process. So all of the people that you serve have gone through some kind of transformation. So if you stick to that, you'll be able to, again, tell a good story and what I believe to be an ethical story, because you're not stopping in between when someone is still in one of the most painful and possibly traumatic parts of their life and inviting people to donate, but you're closing that transformation loop. So with that said, I also want to give permission and honor nuances and complexities in stories. So by permission, I mean permission to storytellers to break some of the storytelling rules. (laughs) It's okay to maybe not tell the tidiest stories. Sometimes we need to give agency to the people who tell their stories and, and let it be a little bit complicated, bring in some of this bigger context. So we know with threads and all kinds of social media platforms, where you have so few characters that it's like, how are we going to get the beginning and middle and end in? And I think as long as you know that it's really important to talk about transformations, it's also okay to break some of these storytelling rules, especially when it allows for you to put your mission and your values first.
0: Maria, when you mentioned rules, could you please elaborate on the nature of these rules? Are they considered universally established principles known by individuals in your line of work? Or are they formulated
2: by specific groups? So, you know, a lot of these storytelling rules are kind of like, since the beginning of time, when we tell stories, like what makes a good story? Again, I've said the most simple is the beginning, middle and end. A lot of times, you know, they could also a good story has some kind of attention in it so it's not it's the rules meaning that just we know that that this is the kind of arc that people follow when they're writing plays when they're writing movies when they're writing books so if you're like academically trained in writing you will kind of learn these kinds of frameworks so that's what I kind of mean by rules like When when you're taught about good writing and about character development, there's like a certain journey that we're taught. And I think that's really helpful for the nonprofit space because you might end up in fundraising or marketing and not have that, you know, for me, my background is in journalism. So I'm trained in that. So even something as simple as a story, having a beginning, a middle and an end, it sounds so simple, but actually you'd imagine how many, like poorly written stories don't have those elements they seem to kind of start randomly and they don't really have a good ending
0: right yeah and I completely agree with that sometimes the best storytelling is they might not have that beginning middle and end It might be something very out of the box.
2: And it's not always honest. If you're talking about a beneficiary and you're like their life is completely happily ever after, and they'll never experience any pain again, that's a really clean ending. And I never want nonprofit storytellers to feel that that needs to be the end of their story because that doesn't honor humans. The fact that we're humans, (laughs) you know, humans are humans and life is complicated, So it's okay to say like, you know, they were going through this really challenging period and we walked alongside them and they do have a brighter future and they've overcome so much, but it might not be quite as tidy. When you're writing a fiction novel, you know, you have more leeway on creating what the ending is. I want to shift our
0: focus more towards storytelling mediums now to know how organizations can maximize the potential of diverse storytelling mediums like videos or social media platforms. You mentioned threads before That has been something that was super new and recent upcoming uh, comparative of Twitter. So how would you say these tools can be effectively leveraged to elevate and strengthen the messaging strategies?
2: Visual storytelling continues to be one of the most powerful and effective way for a nonprofit to tell their story. Most well, simply that means creating a video. This can be a really good three minute, this is our mission, this is our vision, what we do, or smaller videos that might cover different parts of the work that you do. But that combination of visuals and audio and music, what you can do with, with B-roll really does something so beautiful and is so, so compelling for people. So I say, if you can invest anyway in visual and video storytelling, what's beautiful about that is you get this really great, sophisticated, long form piece. And so you can take that and bring it into the text, right? And then with that text, with that story that you're telling within this video or your videos, you can repurpose that for so long. You can use that for a series of emails to your donors. You can take one part of that video, maybe one issue awareness, and make that a dozen tweets or, or threads. I don't, are they calling it Threads thread posts. I don't know (laughs) know what they're calling it. So there's, you know, doing podcasts, like you can take some of that audio and repurpose it for podcasts. And I love when nonprofits are doing podcasts because people are into being able to carry audio with them and still learn and be entertained. So I think starting with something really holistic, like video storytelling really opens up so many other different kinds of platforms that you can use in different kinds of media that you can create from that.
1: I personally do the podcast thing myself. When I'm running or doing something else, I'm always listening to something. So that's true. Same, same.
0: And is that the approach you will always recommend to your nonprofit clients is to do that long form of whatever marketing that they are trying to communicate to the audience and then use that to repurpose it to other forms of visuals?
2: Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be video. This could be like a one to two page appeal. Like when you think of you're sending out a mailing at the end of the year and that ends up being a page, maybe two pages, that's long form. That's something that you can repurpose. I don't know if blogs are, blogs are really um, helpful for people that are looking for information. So if you're writing blogs that are, have that content value, then I say, this is a really great opportunity to, to use blog as a long form that you can um, repurpose. And I could talk a little bit more about what that means. in The nonprofit context to essentially content marketing, how to provide value and content instead of just program updates, but that's what kind of comes to mind when it comes to long form aside from video are blog posts, letters that you're writing, and maybe email marketing. But I even say you could take like a a good long blog post and create
1: a couple of emails from that. So as nonprofit organizations increasingly embrace story-led messaging strategies, like the ones you're talking about, I'm interested in exploring the potential hurdles that they may encounter along the way. So could you shed light on the possible challenges that nonprofits might face during the implementation process and maybe offer some insights into effective strategies to overcome these obstacles? Right. Well, when you're coming up with story strategy or a messaging strategy,
2: just know that they're not necessarily evergreen because likely your programs and services are going to change and adapt based on so many things. It could be based on where funding's coming from. It can be based on need in the community. So for example, during the pandemic, a lot of organizations started providing different kinds of services to meet huge, huge needs. So I find that it can be stressful when your programs change and your even your mission changes a little bit how it feels like starting all over with your messaging. And so it's just a matter of grace, knowing that like, okay, we might be revisiting this messaging strategy every few years. Another big problem and challenge are silos and organizations. So your fundraising team might have a very specific idea of what the organization does. And every single program staff might have a completely different elevator pitch or idea of what the mission it's amazing even having a mission statement if you get three people and you're flying the wall at a barbecue how they talk about your organization differently this is a huge huge barrier for good messaging and marketing when your team is not talking about what you do the same. So that's an opportunity to get everyone on the same page get everyone in the room and have these conversations. Who are we? What do we do? What sets us apart? It's a really good opportunity. Like it's a challenge, but it's also a really good opportunity to get everyone on the same page.
0: Yeah. And I like what you said about visiting messaging strategies every few years. It's important to not do it too in such a short time period that you don't have enough data or the numbers are not coming in yet to know how your audience is reacting to the content that you're putting out and do it frequently enough that you know what your audience likes and what they don't like to shift your content based on their needs and what you're trying to cater to your
2: audience. There's so much flexibility that's needed in marketing and then in, in messaging and just kind of rolling a little bit with what exactly what you said, Carmen, like what's working, what's not working.
0: Mm-hmm. And in terms of gauging the impact and success of the efforts of these nonprofits, how can they measure the effectiveness of their story-led messaging strategy in terms of increased awareness, donor engagement, and their support?
2: I love that question. That's a great data question. There might be people better equipped to answer it. I feel like there's going to be certain data points that you'll be able to find, like how many people are reaching. That's the broadest, like, okay, these people, they saw this video or they read this Post or this many people opened our email, this many people came to our website. So, if your goals are just public awareness, brand awareness, those are metrics. Of course, there's more meaningful metrics, things like are people engaging with this content? Are they sharing this content? So, if you share three different pieces of content over three weeks, and you kind of do a pattern of like an update and then a story an update and then a story, you're going to start seeing patterns over what people are gravitating toward. They gravitating towards just wanting to know what's going on in your organization. Are they gravitating towards these stories? Are they maybe gravitating more to news and trends that you're sharing that have to do with your industry? Like, think about like, environmental justice or child welfare and just knowing like, oh, this is my go-to source to kind of stay in the loop. Storytelling should be part of all of those buckets actually, but you should start to get a sense by social media. Again, are the engagement metrics, but if you're sending good emails, you'll know not just by open rates and click rates, but are people responding to that email as if like, this is an email that a friend sent to them. Like that's when you know that your email marketing and your email storytelling is really effective. How many people are sending around the videos? Like are people meeting you and saying, oh my gosh, I know who you are. And I know your organization because I watched that video. Um, So sometimes it's going to be a little bit of sleuthing and much more qualitative like that. But that's important to me when I tell someone what I do and they're like, oh, I know you from... (laughs) <laughs> from this or or that, like one of the more validating kinds of ways to know that your storytelling is working.
0: Would you say, depending on the industry, there should be different ways the metrics should be measured? If you are an environmental organization versus a health organization, should there be different types of data that you're looking at? So you mm-hmm. mentioned response rates, click rates. Do you think those are more general metrics that all these organizations should be looking right. at, or are right. there specific right. ones depending on industry?
2: You know, there's going to be some industries that are looking for bigger behavior change. So if there is a community that there is a high proportion of, let's just say like hepatitis, hepatitis B or C. So a nonprofit wanting to combat that or address that they're going to, through their storytelling and marketing efforts, through their health education efforts will probably be tracking, oh, there was a lower over the course of a year during this campaign. It might not be that the rates went down, but maybe more people are going to the doctor and getting treated for it, whatever it may be. So I find in health that there are more substantial kind of behavior change or action taking. And I really got my start in public health and in in healthcare and as a health educator with a few different organizations. So I know that that's the metric that's most important, not how many people watched a video. (laughs) It's how many people are like going, making those appointments or understanding their prescription drugs. And, And I would imagine in something like climate change environmental justice is, is probably very similar. Some of the important data might be how many people are showing up to these events, how many people are advocating, you know, this would be a really interesting question to ask certain industry leaders, like what makes a campaign effective or storytelling effective for them. There's going to be some organizations that deal with highly vulnerable people, or those who, just experiencing a great deal of trauma and pain. Like when we think about domestic violence for that, if it's a little bit more very specific to fundraising, very specific to issue awareness, then your metrics are might be just donations or the number of donors or how many repeat donors, or for that, if there's a community that really doesn't know this, how prevalent something like domestic violence is in their community. That number of people reached by a video might actually be a really, really important metric.
0: Thanks for shedding light on the healthcare industry. I know you said that's where you started your career.
1: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. This service is absolutely free and can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. No gimmicks, no catches, just one nonprofit helping another. Visit our website at PugetSoundPMV.org to request the assistance of a thoroughly vetted project manager 100% free of charge.
0: And shifting our focus now to your brand, Maria Bryan Creative. As a brain behind the brand, Maria, can you provide an (laughs) overview of the services offer, including, I saw on your website, the messaging lab, Thrive Foundations and Thrive Think?
2: Right, right, right. So I have a firm belief that storytellers should be equipped to gather and tell very painful stories in a way that is safe for all that are involved. So All of my offerings, all of my services have some element of trauma-informed messaging and storytelling. It's really important to me that storytellers are equipped to tell stories in a way that is safe for people bravely telling potentially really traumatic stories. So with that, I have some programs that support people to strategize really, really powerful messaging. So that's my main one-to-one messaging retreat that kicks off with this trauma-informed training. And then we dig really deep into mission and vision and what sets organizations apart. And this is all story led. So we kind of go through the arc and make sure that they have a good understanding of what is the story for their potential or their donors or their beneficiaries. And then I have a bite-sized cohort version of that, which is the messaging lab where I I brought a group of people through that process in bite-sized sessions. And I love that. I love walking both organizations that have been around for decades and have multi-million dollar revenue in those Very new organizations, they all have challenges with how to concisely talk about their work and get people on board and how to integrate their stories in a way that compels people to move. With that, doing so in a way that prioritizes the safety and well being of their beneficiaries.
0: For the bite sized cohort version, is there a minimum number of people that you expect to be in that class? Do they need to be in the same organization to be joining that messaging lab?
2: Absolutely not. So we'll have another one in September, 2023. Not sure exactly when this will come out. And we had 15 amazing organizations in the last cohort and they were from, it, it feels like such a range of different nonprofit industries. And some people came just themselves. Some people brought a couple of people from their organizations, but it ends up being kind of an eclectic group of different nonprofit organizations. So this is not one-on-one. So this is, you know, we had a good group. It was intimate enough where I feel like we really got to dig deep and have conversations because that was the thing about the nonprofit messaging lab is that it's uh, lean on the learning and heavy on the doing. So it's a little bit of learning. And then we actually put things into practice and I answer a whole lot of questions. So yes, there's absolutely agnostic to the kind of nonprofit
1: work you do all are welcome. As you said, stories have the ability to paint a very vivid picture could you share with us some instances where nonprofit organizations effectively utilized a story-led messaging strategy and how you at your company, Maria Bryan Creative, helped them accomplish their objectives? Yeah, I can talk about an organization which is called Girls Leading Goals.
2: When I worked with them, they were Girls Leading Girls. They are an amazing organization that trains girls in leadership through the game of soccer, the amazing game of soccer in California. Um, I've never played soccer in my life but i love their mission and so they had a few things that that really set them apart from other organizations but i was able to really walk through one given student or player and how their vision how their positioning how their mission transforms the lives of these girls from when they first are introduced to Girl Seating Goals and through their experience. And it was the difference between a campaign mostly just being updates and asks and pictures of what they've done in the past to very beautiful stories about specific girls and specific families and how their lives have been impacted by this organization. So it really changed how they went about creating campaigns to making sure that every appeal, every ask had some story in it. And each story tied back to what sets them apart from maybe other soccer leagues that serve youth.
0: I love that. And you're emphasizing on a specific girl from that bigger organization of how herself and her family can shine by being in that
2: organization. Right. Girls who like may have come in having low confidence and gaining confidence and something as like heartwarming as one of their players had special needs and hadn't really felt welcome in any other leagues before and how welcoming the girls were to her. These stories that you just wouldn't know by showing a picture of a group of girls so, So those kind of stories really make an impact on, you know, moving hearts.
0: For sure. And thank you for sharing that with us. I'm going to look up Girls leading Goals. It sounds really cool as an organization. We understand that you're part of a variety of different speaking engagements. Can you elaborate on the topics that you cover and the audiences that you typically address, Maria?
2: Absolutely. This is not going to be a total shock based on this conversation that I speak on trauma-informed storytelling. This is kind of of what I am championing right now, what I support organizations is having a really powerful, strong messaging strategy. And I love doing that, but what I'm really passionate about is equipping nonprofit storytellers with really practical tools and workflows to be able to be more trauma-informed in their role. So that's what I speak on. So I speak to associations. I speak one-on-one with organizations. I speak at conferences anywhere where there are fundraisers and marketers or other kind of storytellers and have these really phenomenal conversations And how we can bridge this gap between how people in the field, social workers and program staff who have that background and are equipped to hold a trauma-informed space with clients, bringing those skills into the storytelling space.
0: Would you say that every organization can have some kind of trauma behind their storytelling? What if the organization is more of a positive and has a happy environment to
2: them? Right can trauma also be pulled out from those organizations? That's a good question. And I I don't, because I care a lot about trauma not being evoked. I also don't want to pretend that every person or organization, it's going to be different, you know? And so I'm not going to try to convince an organization that maybe just teaches community children how to ride bikes, needs this trauma-informed training. With that said, I will say that I mean, there's data to show that everyone has experienced one traumatic experience by the time that they're 18. Trauma is prevalent. And whether you are being served by a community, whether you're reading a story from a nonprofit or storytellers themselves, even if the issue might feel light and happy, which I want it to be no matter what we're talking about, the storytelling space can still honor Triggers that you might not even see, or trauma that might come up that you don't see. I also think that you could receive this training with an organization that has a very light, uplifting mission. And I don't want to come across as some um, missions are better than others, but to your point, Carmen. But then they might transition into a different organization that has a wildly different kind of a mission and work. So to me, it's less about the organization and more about the person, the storyteller themselves, having those tools, that lens that will be with them no matter what organization they end because who stays it one nonprofit? I mean I've worked with so many different nonprofits and as a consultant I have trained thousands of nonprofits and having a trauma-informed space holding background has benefited me across all industries.
0: Excellent. Thanks for that, Maria.
1: So Maria, for nonprofit organizations that are considering a collaboration with Maria Bryan Creative and looking to leverage your services. What steps should they take to prepare themselves?
2: They should have a look at my website to get a sense of my philosophy on storytelling I believe strongly in ethical and trauma-informed storytelling and that we need to prioritize story owners you know you'll see within my messaging and my website that I strive to do so with empathy and kindness and grace so what that means is if you feel that you have a strong background in ethical or trauma-informed storytelling and you want to collaborate with Me because it frustrates you, it angers you that other nonprofits haven't adopted this. That would be a difficult collaboration with me because I approach this with kindness. I feel that people don't know till they know. And that's the time that we hold people accountable in their actions, holding them accountable to trauma informed and even ethical workflows and processes when it's something that they didn't know. That's where I give some grace. If there's an organization that just wants a very black and white process for messaging, for marketing, for storytelling, I'm a process person. I do a lot of frameworks and I'm very tactical and practical. But like I've said, there is nuance and there's room for flexibility. And so some of my teachings might be frustrating for people who. Feel that marketing and storytelling needs to be just one way and very black and white. They might have a little of a hard time um, collaborating with me. I'd say everyone else, just you know, a lot of what I teach. You know, I used to teach very much marketing 101, which there. I mean, I feel like you throw a rock, you'll find a nonprofit consultant <laughs> who can teach it and support it with marketing, and I love them. Many of them are my friends because I in a space that's fairly. New, I do feel like just all are welcome. Let's all go on this journey together and figure out how we can tell stories in a way that's ethical and and protects people.
0: What about homework? Should I do any preparation or come with any stories before
2: meeting with you, Maria? No, that's I'll pull that out of you. <laughs> but that's why people come to me because they don't know. You know, they just don't know. They don't know what stories to tell. So. You come to me and part of what my job is, is to ask the right questions and then to further those conversations and go down those paths. So I got a number of questions that will keep our work and conversations going and productive. So no, just come, just come to me, come to me. Let's have a chat.
0: There's a good segue to what I wanted to know next. If nonprofits are interested in reaching out to collaborate with you, what is the best way for them to connect and start this
2: process? So my last name is spelled B-R-Y-A-N. So my website is mariabryan.com. To get a good sense of my style and what I have to offer, I highly encourage you to go to mariabryan.com slash marketing templates. The page will come up and you will be asked to opt into my Email community, which is almost at 3,000 strong right now of storytellers. So, the first thing you'll get are uh, 15 free nonprofit marketing templates everything from communications and marketing plan and audience persona, social media calendar, production calendar, of course, resources on trauma informed interviews. And other kind of trauma-informed best practices. So you'll get that resource to kind of see what I have knowledge, my arsenal of knowledge. And from there, you'll be subscribed to my email. And it's my email community and LinkedIn that I am in most engaged with and are most engaged with me. So those are two spots that I would love for you to join, start a journey together.
1: Awesome. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Maria, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us as a guest on the Everything Nonprofit Podcast. Your insights on nonprofit messaging have been invaluable in helping organizations become better storytellers. Your passion and knowledge will inspire our audience, empowering them to make a greater impact in the nonprofit sector. We're very grateful for your time and your valuable contribution.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Everything Nonprofit. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time.